0: chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea.
1: 1-0.
0: Quick thinking by Alisson and it's Salah could lift it. Still Salah. the ghost goal podcast welcome to the ghost goal podcast welcome to march it's about to get really real manchester city won again this time 2 to 1 over west ham i know i keep saying this but city might never lose ever again ever Arsenal upset Leicester on Sunday morning 3-1 thanks to goals from David Luiz, Lacazette, and Pepe. Leicester now out of European competition and without Harvey Barnes for at least six weeks. Tottenham bashed Burnley 4-0 and Gareth Bale looking slightly like the player he's supposed to as he got two goals and assist. Another draw in a big game for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as Chelsea and Manchester United split the points nil-nil. Was that a handball on Callum Hudson-Odoi? Who knows, because we play in the Premier League where all the points are fake and the rules are made up. No goal again in a big game for Bruno Fernandes. And the champions Liverpool finally returned to winning ways thanks to goals from Curtis Jones and an own goal from Sheffield United caused by Roberto Firmino. A clean sheet for Liverpool who started their 18th Center back combination of the season and Adrian. I'm Andrew Passaro alongside Alex Moss, Javier Arevalo, and uh, we are advocating for paying interns on the inter- uh, on the inter- internet today. Uh, welcome back to the Ghost Gold Podcast. No Champions League midweek games. It's good to be back. Yeah, people should pay their damn interns, man. They do good work. I, I, can, I would I can, like to have an intern for this podcast that we could. Pay. I could see I, that, that's all I'd. Say. I could
2: see um, if it being like something like an animal shelter or something where like. You know, you like volunteer there essentially, but that's essentially what they're asking you to do. Is like,
0: yes, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be getting volunteer hours right. for a multimedia exactly million dollar conglomerate. So, uh, let's let's get to the football. We've got midweek games, as uh, Alex informed me this week. I knew about the midweek games. This is because the FA Cup quarterfinals are happening in two weekends, and this is uh, all those fixtures we've got. Uh, a couple good games in the middle of the week. Liverpool-Chelsea is the icing on the cake. Manchester City-Wolves, which will take place on Tuesday afternoon, should be decent. Um, and then the rest of them, eh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But is there really anywhere other to start than Manchester City just continue to just roll along? Ruben Diaz in the 30th minute. Mikel Antonio evens it up at in the 43rd. And John Stones in the 68th. And that's all she wrote as Manchester City continue this march along, um, defeating West Ham. West Ham, I believe falling out uh did they did they fall out of the top four because of that result or no, at the table no, no they're, they're still in the uh, top they're four a point ahead of us they're still there they're they they're still there they're a point uh, ahead of Chelsea for now but again just Manchester City doing doing is, is this twenty wins in a row for them? In all competitions
1: yeah, but I don't,
2: yeah I yes I wanna I wanna like I wanna praise West Ham though because first of all um, they put up more is, of a
1: fight than you guys did last week.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And not only that, but I was going to say, this is probably in this 19-game run, this is the closest game Manchester City has, or 20-game run, sorry. This is the closest game Manchester City had in that run. I know expected goals is kind of like a joke stat, but in West Ham had like 2.4 or something, and City only had one. And not only that, I just thought they played really well. Um, they like didn't show City too much respect, which we said that they were going to do. And... I think David Moyes has a side now that will be up there. Like, I think they're very, very good. And I was like looking at the players, like, other than Cresswell, they don't have that many old players. They have a lot of young players that they've brought in, you know, also a lot of players in their 25, 26, 27 as well. But it's not like these players are going to just fall off the place of the earth and suddenly become bad. And he seems like he's got a lot of depth now in, in, in his squad. If they find like another center forward that they can pair up with Antonio or something like this team's going to be very very good, um, and I think that the owners they've invested a lot of money into the club and they're finally seeing it pay off. Like city city were good, but and like obviously like like you said like they're unbeatable right now. They're twenty games in a row, but I really think the narrative like has to be that West Ham's going to be up there. I think till the end of the season, fighting for a top four spot, and they're 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 a very good side right now. And I think I don't think that's like all on David Moyes. I think that you know Dave, they, some of the elements were there, but he's really put it together.
1: Yeah, I mean they were a relegation candidate before he came back. You know, even when he came back that first season, they were pretty much scrapping to get out of relegation, and managed to do that, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Javier. That it's the, the the story should be West Ham, and I think just if you look at the two goals that West Ham conceded, it, it took like two pretty well worked eff- efforts by Manchester City for uh, West Ham to concede. What, the first goal was like an absolutely insane ball on uh, De Bruyne's left foot, his weaker foot, just put straight onto Ruben Dias's head at the back post, and then the second goal is. A well worked, very patient buildup where Maris gets the byline and cuts it back for Stones to finish like a really good finish for a center back. Like all the commentators were saying, like a striker would be proud of that finish. So uh, you factor in the fact that uh, West Ham withstood most of the pressure for most of the game, only conceding twice, like I said, and then their own goal that they scored just before halftime. Was really well worked itself. They like targeted Manchester City on a uh, on a throw in in City's own half. Won the ball back, switched the play to the right, and uh, Soufal got a really good cross in that Lingard deflected to the back post for Antonio to finish. They they just they found one of the few weaknesses that you can find with any possession team, which is you know a throw in in your own half. That's when most of these possession teams are kind of ripe for the taking. So. Credit to West Ham, they didn't get any points from this game, but they showed that they're going to be a really tough out for uh, all of the other teams that they're competing with for top four this season. I will say the big thing for West Ham is if they want to continue
0: on this run, I agree with Javier, it's get another striker from Mikael Antonio, but keep Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek. The two of them yeah, do so both much been pretty for, for this team. Awesome. I've never they've seen them get dominated. Excellent.
2: I've never seen them get just like completely played off the park this season,
0: other than, like, or that first I mean, game of the season. I think Declan Rice has been linked away to Chelsea for, like, I mean, because he was formerly a Chelsea Academy player, correct, Alex? Those those
1: rumors kind of died out once Frank got uh, got sacked. True. So, I, um, I don't know, but I, I feel like he's good, listen good enough to this that stat all of though, these teams to should this be stat. for him.
0: Exactly.
2: Diaz and Stones have scored more goals than they've conceded in the games that they've played together this season.
0: I'm not surprised by that. They've
2: played something like 15 or 16 games and they've scored more goals than like the pairing, the center back pairing has scored more goals than they've conceded. That's that's just like insane to me. I think it's like the numbers I mean, like they've scored 7 that goals that, that, and they've conceded 5 in the games they've started together.
0: That doesn't surprise me and part of that goes back to like, you know, again I'll I'll throw this through red tinted glasses like one of the things that Liverpool was doing last year, and and Manchester City has the same ability. When you've guys got when you've got guys who can deliver from a set piece like Kevin De Bruyne, Riyad Mahrez, like uh, Gunduan, insert other player who can put a ball in a line, it makes sense that your center back should be able to convert on a bunch of those chances. And that's something that you know Van Dijk and maybe not Gomez as much, but Matip was able to do for us last year. And it's like I don't remember the last time Liverpool were successful from a corner or from from a free kick. But when you have players that Manchester City has, it makes sense that guys like this are getting in a position to score, even though they're technically on the pitch to make sure that the ball doesn't end up in their own net. But I'm not surprised by that at all. Like, they're incredible players. Like, they're both on a hell of a run. Um, and, uh, I mean, we've said it already on this pod, but Ruben Diaz, best defender in the league this year. I don't, I don't really think that's much, it's really up for a lot of, a lot of debate. Um West Brom got a win over Brighton, Leeds lost to Aston Villa, Villa getting a surprising win without uh Jack Grealish. Wolves and Newcastle tie 1-1. Uh Crystal Palace and I just, I want to talk about 0-0. that like
2: Villa Leeds game really quick because I thought that Leeds were actually like really good in that game and got unlucky to to come away with nothing out of that game. And I think Leeds is a team that like They're going to stay in the Premier League, obviously, and they're going to be, I think like if Bielsa stays and if they keep making, like if they can keep like Rafinha. Rafinha's not going to leave. Like there's been rumors of him like leaving.
0: He's he's a hell of a player. I mean, you got to think about the clubs he's been linked to because one of them is Liverpool and if Liverpool come in and offer the opportunity to, to get higher wages and play in European competition, even having to deal with the Salat, Mane, etc., he's he's gonna leave.
2: It's crazy how you can see though, that like players that like enter the league and that are like insanely good when they come into league, it, it happens sometimes that you know that, that it's like a one season wonder. But it like I and I don't know if it would be with him, but I it, it doesn't it it doesn't look like it. And at the same token, Villa without Grealish like being able to get the result it's a little bit scary because they've gotten some really good results this year, and they just aren't going away. Martinez, definitely, I think for me, has been the best goalkeeper in the league this season. I think Alex agrees with that. We've sure. talked about that. I don't know if Arsenal should have held on to him. If we should have
0: let go of Leno instead. we should have gotten more for him, or I mean, more for him. I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't slight you for selling him. It's what did you guys get twenty million for? Like him? Twenty million. Like yeah. now, it's now it's looking like you guys probably should have gotten like close to thirty because he's been like a 30 35 I mean he's been a difference for Aston Villa in more than a couple of games so he might break the record he, for a goalkeeper in fantasy soccer this season the way
2: he's going right now it's pretty crazy I'm sure
0: that's what he joined Aston Villa for that is for. what he that's joined the exact Villa for. reason
2: but just uh yeah they did the double on us this season so Villa scary
0: Uh, Villa did currently in ninth on 39 points they are two points ahead of Arsenal who got a massive win themselves beating Leicester on the road 3-1 Tielemans opening the scoring before Luis Lacazette and Pepe this was Arsenal's first win in quite a while against Leicester Leicester won the last three games Um, there's been some notable uh, and exciting Premier League matches between Leicester and Arsenal going all the way back to the year that Leicester won the title Um, Javier, this is your time to shine. Um, How great was this win?
2: Uh, Well, so I obviously, before the game, was horrified with the lineups. I saw Willian was starting. I saw that Aubameyang was on the bench, that Saka wasn't starting. And I don't know. I thought, oh, man, we're probably going to get wrecked. And then in the first five minutes or seven minutes, we concede a goal. And the goal was just awful. Like, uh, Mari gives away the ball and Almenni like runs away from the player to try there were three players who were trying to car- cover Vardy which they didn't need they could have done it with two and Telmen just literally strolled into the box and scored which like it, it's like a, it's such a bizarre goal to concede and you'd think that if something like that happened in past with Arsenal teams there'd be a collapse right like they'd score like two like Leicester who are a blitz team who are probably the best team in the league at doing this you know, they, they go on little, them and United go on just like 15, 20 minute spurts where they'll score two, three, four goals. Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I just mean, I just mean like in just the counterattacking they
1: to, style. They did it to us at Stanford Bridge. And they no, did to no, no, no,
2: no. No, no. I'm, I'm talking about counterattacking style team. I'm not talking about possession style team. So Manchester City are possession. Leicester and United are teams that'll sit back, wait, 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 and they'll pounce they'll they'll hit you for 15 20 minutes, get a bunch of goals and that's how they win games. So, Leicester I think and United are like the best teams at that and then to not fall into away from home that trap and just imme- like got an equalizer, you know, I think what was it? 20 minutes later? No, no, 39th minute, no, it was so
1: right right before halftime.
2: Yeah, right before halftime, which was really good and then going into halftime 2-1 up. That's pretty brutal for Leicester. Um, but I don't I think we deserved it like we played really really well and then in the second half it was just we like completely dominated them with a second team that I mean Obamaang did come on Thomas Parti came on and then after that like they didn't have a sniff for the rest of the game and I don't know I was impressed this was William's probably best performance in an Arsenal shirt. William played really well was probably the second best player um I think the best player was Nico Pepe who he's been having issues like getting consistent game time so I'd like to see him be given more game time um, but when he puts in performances like this you gotta think you know he's gonna he's gonna he deserves that Um and Lacazette's giving Arteta like something to think about he played well too I know he just scored a penalty but his link up and his his pressing and like his physicality he just he, he gives you a lot that a lot of other center forwards um, like Aubameyang doesn't give you but yeah uh, just overall really good performance of a mostly second team I mean Tierney started um, David Luiz started, but like we rested a bunch of key players, Gabriel, Bayerin, Saka, Aubameyang. And yeah, that's just I think the team's just playing well right now. Like there aren't that many. Xhaka played awesome. Xhaka's played almost every game this season and he stayed healthy. And he's he seems to have definitely improved. Um and he's hitting like back to what he was when he was on Mönchengladbach. Gladback. Like he's playing really, really well. Um and I think he's deserving right now his place in the side, so I think Arsenal in the last since the turn of like the new year, since basically we switched to a back four, we've been pretty consistently dominating opposition at least possession wise and starting to get a lot more chances. Um, It's just like these costly mistakes at the back that we we need to fix. That obviously is a couple of more quality players I think we need at the back. I think Bayern could be replaced. Obviously, David Luiz is there as like a veteran, getting hopefully getting phased out soon. I think he will. But we, you know, we have Saliba who's been playing fantastically in France since we loaned him. Um, So you got to think that he can he can come back, and we got to give him a chance. So yeah, I mean, I think Arsenal have slim hopes of top four this season still. Like I think we could finish five or six for sure though, for sure. Like I don't think I think the way that this season's going, our end of the season, we play all of the bottom seven teams. Alex and I were just talking about this before the pod. So we play the bottom seven teams right now, and then we play um, who we've been good against. I think we got the draw against Palace. We've beaten everyone else. And then we play Liverpool at home. We play Chelsea away, which are probably our two hardest games, along with West Ham away and Everton at home. So we have some decently hard games in there.
1: You could win all four of those games and still not get top four. Yeah. Like... There's too many teams between you and top four right now. And it's true. You, it's you, true. Mentioned, you mentioned Arsenal playing well, but like Villa and Everton and I'm not going to say Spurs, because screw Spurs, but I'll say Villa and Everton are who are two teams that this midweek you have to really be keeping an eye on their results. Because if they either one of them wins, then that's their game in hand. Villa have another one after that. But those two teams have game in hand have games in hand on Arsenal, and they're already ahead of you. And They're probably like playing about as well as you're saying Arsenal have been for the second half of the season, but they've been doing it throughout the entire season. And I'm still like not able to predict them accurately Villa and Everton specifically. They both pop up with dumb like losses and draws here and there. And then they pop up with wins that you don't expect them to get. And I still trust them more than Arsenal. Like, I, I seriously just see that Leicester game as being a hangover from going out of Europa League and it being the first game after James uh Madison's injury. Plus they go down two one at halftime and then five minutes into the second half they lose their other best player, Harvey Barnes, for the season. Yeah. So that, that that's that basically that that was their equivalent of like the wolves away game for Arsenal. Everything went wrong for them. They played Enoch yeah. Show and Vardy that's up true, top, right. which never works. It never works. You have to pick one of those two players and focus on getting them the ball. And, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to take anything away from Arsenal. It just seemed like it was your day for your backups, and it was not Leicester's day at all. They've got three really important games coming up with Burnley, Brighton, and Sheffield in this next month. And I'm not sure how long Madison's going to be out for, but if they start dropping points in games like that, then we'll know to be worried about whether they're dropping out of top four or not. But... Um, how much do you think Emil Smith Rowe's injury is
0: going to hurt Arsenal?
2: It, it doesn't I look mean, he's like a, he's going Apparently, it's, it wasn't a bad injury. He was walking around like after the game. So Arteta said that he'll probably be out two three weeks, um, and I and I don't think it'll affect it that much purely because we signed Martin Odegaard, who's been slowly increasing his presence in the team, and he played well when he came on for him and. He showed every time that he's played that he's a very, very good player. He's, I think he's definitely better than Sabio's. Like I would much rather have Odegaard in my team than Sabio's. But yeah, I think having him is a, is a good enough option. And then who knows? I don't. Know, I'm not going to say Williams going to consistently do something like this, play like that after two games.
1: He might, Javier. This is the point of the season where he uh, starts playing well to convince you guys to keep him and keep your faith in him. And then he shits oh, God, himself again next season. God, that would be so season. fucking you the annoying contract. if that happens, man. <laughs> Like I've already heard Javier um, right, no, start to but, like, change I'll his mind William. on David Louise a little bit. He's like he starts saying, Oh, David Louise hasn't been that bad and my immediate reaction. David Luiz is, is, David Luiz, this is what he Luiz does has been pretty uh, yeah. good.
0: He has, <laughs> yeah, he's
1: exactly. been pretty good. This is what he does. He lulls you back into a false sense no, of security he, he and has. then he just shits the bed against our, against Manchester City or something oh, like
2: that. I'm not saying that he doesn't like shit the bed in, in sometimes in big games. But when he when he's playing he's, at he's his at level, card. yeah, he is do a right card. but when he's playing at his level He's Still a, a pretty decent player, I think. At center back, well, he's not had unreasonable, one in the Wolves
1: game. <laughs> so he's huh? not really due one. He just it's had fair. one, an, un, a kind of unfair one in the Wolves game a couple weeks ago. It was ago,
2: definitely so. unfair, yeah.
1: That's that was what I'm not a red
2: card, but yeah, I'm
1: saying he got a red card in that game, so he's not really due one, is he?
2: Oh, no, no, he's not.
0: All right, let's move along. Tottenham got a 4 0 victory over Burnley. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this game or much at all, but Gareth Bale finally kind of doing it in the Premier League. I understand it's good, it's against Burnley. Uh, a scale of one to ten. What are you? What are the odds that you think Gareth Bale will be able to like keep up this level of form to any extent in the Premier League?
2: It's kind of been now a couple of weeks of Bale doing this. It wasn't just one game. He also like I know it was Europa and like they were playing some trash team, but he's played. He played well in, in in those Europa games. And but that's what I'm saying. In the it's Premier been three League, three games he. I think I think if you if you see him now that he's playing full games or like almost full games and know he's like going off but like he's playing like 70 75 minutes and producing high amounts in those games I think he's got uh eight goal uh or assists in the last four games which is pretty fucking good for Gareth Bale. So I'm a little bit scared that
1: that could like spark them. They play them. Arsenal in like 2 weeks or something. Is that uh, coming yeah, up <laughs>
2: they do. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I, I do have uh, shades of old Gareth. Bale. I mean Gareth Bale is a phenomenal player. Like you know that he can do that. We've seen him do it for Wales. Like Alex has talked about it on the pod where like he's looked really good for Wales and shit the bed for for Tottenham so far, but you know that that player is in there and he can come out. So I'll give it a I'll give it a like 60% chance that he continues this form maybe even 70%. Like, I kind of feel like he's on a roll, or a little bit of a roll right now.
1: Yeah. I, I mentioned like Mourinho need, needing to inject him uh, on the last pod we did basically as like a, like a sort of hail Mary, like what can it hurt kind of move where, you know, we ha- we have a good idea of Tottenham's get the ball to the Italians kind of approach with Kane and son for most of the season, another kicking and screaming reference for you. Uh, Will Ferrell fans out there. Uh, and then, I was just kind of thinking, like, if that's the predictable, like, attacking move, some combination of Kane and Son, then why not throw Gareth Bale in there? Like, I mean, I know, like, let him play his way into form a little bit, already in a pretty really, shitty position. really, so.
2: good in this game.
1: Yeah. And the again, assist Burnley.
2: that Bale had. Tottenham were yeah. filthy. Yeah. I was watching them, and I was just kind of like, oh, man, they're playing really well. I don't want to watch anymore. So I turned it off after 3-0, because <laughs> I was just like, this is
0: sickening, man. Like, I don't want to see this. You know? I mean, it's one game. Come on, it's one game against Burnley. It, it, it it they've is? won five out of their last seven, or like it, it's. I it, know, it, you I know. They've lost five Europa out of their last seven. in that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. They've lost oh, five out okay. of their last seven cha- uh, Premier League games. Premier League no, games. I'm not saying lost this is like they're going to flip
2: form, but if they were to have a flip on form, like you, like i It would happen right before the Arsenal game. It, it could they always seem to come up when they, they play against us they would have to beat us. arsenal
1: they would have to beat arsenal for them to have officially turned their form around cuz as of right now those two that. wins are against teams that are in the bottom half of the table for sure in west brom and now burnley and you know only burnley are a team that's like you know not playing terribly at the moment i don't know yeah i don't i don't think i can take anything too much from this yet until we've seen a couple of weeks of it well they've got fulham in the midweek that should be a decent game um I'm I'm actually excited for that. I think
0: um Yeah, Fulham been playing I I well. Have,
1: Fulham have been playing well and
0: I think I have over two and a half goals in that because it's at plus money. So I have to do my picks with it after we do this. Yes, I do have Fulham and Tottenham over two and a half goals in that at plus one oh two. So uh that's where I'll be riding on that game, but that should be decent. I think um, I think Tottenham you know, win that two one, two Yeah, one, That's kind like of that. That's kind of how I see it, but I don't know. I, I feel like Fulham might be able to snatch points.
1: We'll see. It was a 1-1 draw at Tottenham earlier this season. I, I don't think it was that long yeah. ago.
0: Uh, let's get to Chelsea Manchester United, who drew nil-nil. called the draw. I'm not going to say this wasn't exciting. It was just a lot of... I, I don't know. I kind of... I'm. I'm that game kind of sucks. A sucked. lot of these, these big games... Yeah, a lot of these big games they just don't open up the way that you want to. But this one, kind of feel like... I felt like if one team had scored, it would have led to a lot of other things. I, if yeah. that makes any sense. Also, a like, point for United
2: was like a win for them. Like they Yeah, this was a bigger result Ole, for United Ole, than, Ole sh- just, than Chelsea. Bullet acted all like angry and shit after the game, but like you know he was happy with the draw there. You could see at the end of the last fifteen minutes, United were just time wasting the entire time just trying to like get a draw there because you know, that would mean Chelsea gained no ground on them and I'm sure they're thinking as Chelsea as like probably their their main contender for that could like push them out of the top 4 or something. So, yeah, I'm uh I think Chelsea played pretty well like controlling possession and and really snuffed out a lot of Manchester United, especially Bruno Fernandes. And you know, that whole controversy of the penalty with with Callum Hudson-Odoi, I think that was like the main talking point of the game whether that
0: handball that he had in like the 13th minute was a penalty or not and that's really the only thing that came out of this game yeah. that I was but i mean this is a little dip in form here for manchester united all right going back to yeah they've had five wins I mean, six six draws and
2: one loss in the last 12 games so they've drawn six games yeah. out of the last 12 which is
0: it's a lot of draws for manchester united but you know and i mean they've drawn in some big games they draw art they drew arsenal they drew with us they drew with chelsea like there's starting to be some rumblings on the red side of manchester about can ole be the guy to really get them done in these big games
1: which i think is a fair question uh, it just kind of seems like for united they're kind of still traumatized by the 6-1 with tottenham right at the beginning of the season and mm. I've I've been kind of saying the same thing about Chelsea ever since the four 0 against Manchester United specifically at the beginning of last season, where every time we've played them since then, we've controlled possession like we did in that game, but rather than take uh, like the necessary risks to break the deadlock, uh, we've just kind of played it safe. And you know that that you can even see an example of that in this game. Chelsea had mainly like seven men behind the ball. For most of the game and only really gave Giroud, ZX, and Mason Mount, and whoever replaced them, Pulisic and Timo Werner, only really gave them the sort of license to go forward and, and not have to stay back and cover for that threat of Fernandez and, and Rashford, who, Rashford specifically, and uh, Martial in the past, th- those have been the two players that have been like Chelsea's kryptonite, especially on the counter. So both teams probably see... The point as more of a win than less of a letdown. It was a letdown yeah, for Tuchel the fans and more every neutral watching. I
2: think Chelsea He's, is much more letdown with the draw there. I don't know, I mean, I don't I know, know about
1: you... I don't know about letdown because th- I think you can come away from that game thinking a lot of like pretty positive things about like your outlook for the rest of another the season clean you're if you're, yeah, if you're I mean, either manager.
2: Tuchel's conceded one goal in eight games.
1: Just pretty good, Tuchel. Two, but one of them was an own goal that Rudiger had like a seizure on, so. And then when Andreas Christensen has played, we haven't conceded at all. That that's goal at Southampton that Minamino scored was when Christensen wasn't on the field. And he's looked like the second he's coming really Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's been really good
2: for you guys. So been with been Thiago very, very Silva good.
1: coming back, maybe we can start thinking about shifting back to a four at the back and give us that extra attacker. But it, it it's you're probably going to see Chelsea stick to a back three slash back five, for the rest of the season, and then sort of reevaluate come uh, summertime and who we can get in the transfer window. So, expect more like pragmatic, safe approaches to games and a lot of draws from Chelsea. But it might, it might honestly be the way to getting back in the top four. I, I it's probably better than, you know, being the opposite, being a team that has plenty of attacking uh, impetus, but, you know, a, like a terrible defense. So, I'll, uh, i still believe they've got a big chance yeah, to go. Yeah, I mean, I through, thought uh, I thought Chelsea
2: were going to lose this game. So yeah, you're right. I mean, a draw is probably not the worst result, and I and especially keeping the clean sheet. I mean, because United really, they had like a, maybe two good chances. Like they
1: had the 0.3 not even not even they had one, and we had like .96. So we should have won, but it was it was another game like the Tottenham home game earlier this season where we had all the ball and just couldn't take our chances. So. Yeah, whatever put up with it and move on to the next one
0: they've got a big test in the middle of the week against liverpool who got a big win against sheffield united 2-0 curtis jones in the beginning of the second half uh keen brian causing the deflection that that led off a shot from berto Firmino. i think the biggest headline i mean yes liverpool got their first win in like four games they scored a goal which they haven't done in god knows how long i had the under in this uh, but adrian starting was kind of the biggest surprise it i as we you know the news broke in the middle of the pod last week about Allison. I'm not surprised. I was not expecting him to play. I, frankly, I don't know what's going to happen with him in the middle of the week. Uh, Klopp already and said I
1: think he's going to be back in the middle of the week. So did he? Yeah, I didn't see it. he did. He did uh, say that. But, but today, even if he's so. back, I, I don't mean this. I know we're going to get onto this game soon, but even if he is back, we don't know whether he's going to be in like the sort of headspace to play a game. Correct. Like, with as big of magnitude as Chelsea Liverpool, so. I don't mean that as a slight. Obviously, it's a very I, rational I, thing to yeah,
2: to, yeah. No, I agree, but happen. I th- I think he will. I think he'll want to play, and especially because it's such a big game. Like if you're if you're a professional who thinks he's the best goalkeeper in the world, which I'm sure Allison does, then he's going to want to play this game. And yeah, I don't
1: doubt that either. I just doubt like whether he'll be at his best for it. You know.
2: Yeah, <sighs> like I don't know what to predict with this game. This game is going to be hard. Like we're we doing it. Are we moving on to it. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to talk about 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 Liverpool
0: Liverpool beating Sheffield. Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I just want to say shout out Curtis Jones, but um, the other thing that I read was that Diego Jota now has an illness. And the one thing I did read on Twitter is that he might have appendicitis, which means that he could be out for like up to another three weeks because he needs to get surgery and then the stitches have to get like healed. So I don't know if that I didn't see anyone confirm that. Like, no official person had that. It's just Twitter rumors. So he could, he's supposed to be close or was close fabinho might be close i would feel so much better about this chelsea game if fabinho would, was back and i think frankly if i think if you're chelsea the player who should be the guy who has to start in some capacity in this game it this is this is a game that is
1: screaming out for timo verner 100% it's it's frankly a game where it's definitely must not lose but i think it's borderline must win because just for the the, the state that liverpool are currently in we haven't won at Anfield since 2014 in the league. Now has to be the time that, you know, we sort of play a similar game plan to many Let's other teams that Let's all get wins there
2: when there's no crowd. Let's all just keep getting wins. They have well, no crowd. I mean, they had
1: no crowd last year. And they <laughs> well, beat you're us 5-3 when we, they had no crowd. So I, I don't really take much from that. we win there next the fact, season, Andrew. I take more from the fact that don't Henderson's after the Don't be crowds the there season. next season, Javier. Yeah, there probably will be. Maybe not like full capacity. And, and we'll have defenders. I just think if not now, like like now or never, like go go beat Liverpool and, you know, set yourself up for like the Everton game next Monday, if you're Chelsea, uh, not necessarily needing to win against Everton, even though a w- like two wins against both Liverpool teams would be kind of nice in these next two games. So uh, yeah, Timo Werner, it would be uh, a great game for him to like finally show up and get the best of two pretty inexperienced uh, center backs and like i said uh liverpool goalkeeper who's coming off a very traumatic event like we we got to go like, get a result and there's no henderson like i said we, we have to get a result it's uh like i just don't know when there's going to be I, like a better opportunity but we're charity fc and you guys haven't won at home for like what five, like five games games now games. Yeah, so. Four games in the league. Incoming charity games. FC.
0: Or will we lost four straight games in the league at home. I have no idea when the last time they've even won at Anfield in anything at this point. So, yeah, um, I would say this under two and a half goals at plus 106. I was about I would to say, to I kind of think, think this, th- this
2: is a 1 1 draw, man. Like, I feel like neither team is going to be banging in goals in this, both teams are going to be cagey as fuck thinking they don't want to lose this game. Um,
0: I'm going to say one You're going to say 1-0 Chelsea. We have to do
1: it. We have to. 1-0 Chelsea. Our def- our I mean, defense is rolling now. I think
0: it's going to be 1-0 Liverpool. Okay. I think yeah. it's going to be 1-0 Liverpool. Uh,
1: and even uh, an even I, split. Well, Javier says 1-1. Yeah. You say 1-0 Liverpool. I'm betting I'm on Liverpool. Like I'm, I'm
0: putting the money on
1: Liverpool. I might double down and throw the money on the under too. Cause that, I, I, will, that, you know. I will add, I know... I know he's like neither neither Saleh or Saleh, Jesus <laughs> Sala or Mane have been like great recently. I know Mane played well the other day, but overall neither of them have been abs- like absolutely banging them in right now. But I think the best defensive approach that Chelsea ever have had against those two players has been playing in a, in a back three with Rudiger basically man marked on Sala and Aspilicueta man marked on Mane with a with a free defender to sort of account for whoever else drifts in there. So the, the current uh, Tuchel formation, I think, sets us up better to withstand uh, Liverpool's Put attack. Putting
2: Golo on uh, Firmino. Just, you follow Bobby around everywhere.
1: No, N'Golo doesn't no, N'Golo roams. Yeah, no, yeah he roam. does
0: roam, yeah. I don't know. I, I, this would be a great moment for Sadio Mane to kind of emerge because I feel like he might be able to expose something down that left side, but especially if it is Callum Hudson-Odoi, but we'll see.
1: He um, got a knock against uh, I t-
0: United, so it might be Reese James. Trent Alexander Arnold had a great game against Sheffield, like kind of finally, somewhat like making runs, getting inside. I really like the way he played, but watch out for Curtis Jones. I honestly feel like the goal might. He's come playing from the really team. well right now. Andrew, you called he's it out last on the last
2: pod. He's uh, definitely deserves his place in the team. And you know, I love the kid. He's playing very, very I well right now. I love the kid. Like even Went even even t- said, games that you guys have lost, like he's been like the one player that like has still. Look, he looks like he really gives a shit, like, every... every he's a
0: fucking scouser, yeah.
2: like, he, you know, like... Also, like, he's, he's, he's getting he's, he's his re- chance in the team, you know, he's fucking... He's just yeah. like, I don't know, he doesn't well, want
0: to lose it. He's about to steal Naby Keita's job and shirt number. Like, you know, he continues to play well. I would not I would not be opposed to, you know, he's... First of all, Steven Gerrard broke in when he first kind of, like, went on his real run. He wore 17 at Liverpool. And now there's the opportunity for, if they move on from Keita... I'm giving eight to Curtis Jones, you know what I mean. So uh, he's taken, he he's got an opportunity to shine. and He has not backed down from that, which I'd like to see the kid keep doing it. And he went on went on national television right after the game and said, "Hey, I scored that goal. I'd like to dedicate it to Allison's dad. And, you know, if you're watching this, like we're all thinking of you." Like top bloke, you know, yeah, top kid. Like all I want is the best for him. Love me some Curtis Jones. Uh, so that yes, Liverpool Chelsea is the Thursday three fifteen game. Uh, Manchester City should run right through. Wolves. I was, about, Burnley, to say,
2: I was about to say. I don't know about that. Like Wolves have been the one bogey team. Like for Manchester City in the last couple of seasons, they've they did the double over them, and they they've always they played them really well. Figured out, and Wolves
0: are playing well team right now. Like, I think
2: Wolves on form are the third. They are playing third well. best Team in the league in the form table
0: but they're playing well but they have not figured out how to score without like they're still William Jose I'm not saying it hasn't worked I'm just saying it it didn't fit like a glove you know what I mean like they still if I'm Wolves I'm still like we need to figure out what the hell we're going to do at striker because Fabio Silva is still a couple years away from being a true option and you know Raul Jimenez may never play. A, I mean, I, I'm looking right I now and I it, it says back in he come back this month. Yeah, yeah, but who knows if he's ever going to be what he was? So you thank to Luis um, for that, which is annoying because Raul Jimenez to score any time in any of those small games for me was an absolute fucking lock of a bet. I was like, but it's probably like one of my favorite bets to give out. So if, if West Ham couldn't
1: do it at Man City, then. You know, I don't think yeah, wolves are I going to. I don't th- think wolves can. They're, they're better on the form chart, but watching the games, you don't actually see that much of an improvement. Yeah,
2: no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so either. I'm just like, I don't think it's going to be like a run over. I think it might be like two one city.
0: I mean, I, I think it'll be another Manchester City grind like out. Or I mean, run, run
2: like one nil Right, city. run
0: over is is a poor turn of phrase, but I expect Manchester City's run to continue. Burnley lester fascinates me because. What is Leicester going? Who's going to be the guy for Leicester in the midfield with Harvey Barnes out with no James Madison? How are they going to work this? And I'm, Ber- I'm interested Berlinger, to see what Berlinger happens. you are
2: feeling the pressure a little bit. They're, they're five points off the drop, and they they're not out of it they're like that. Like they're definitely in there now with Brighton and, and Newcastle. We thought that they were pushing out, and you know they they I know they lost to a Spurs team that hasn't been. was on really bad form of late. So that's definitely a bad sign for Burnley. And the way Fulham are playing right now, like if Fulham get a fucking win at Tottenham somehow with again, at home against Tottenham. They could
0: find themselves two points out of the drop. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Follow along on Twitter and Instagram at ghost gold pod at Andrew Pizarro at AsMoss 92 at Javier Rev nine, Manchester Derby coming up this weekend. We're going to try, I guess to do a two double pod week. Not a hundred percent sure what exactly who will be on what episode but nice little weekend of of action between Aston Villa Wolves this weekend um, Chelsea Everton like on I next said, Monday and West Ham and Leeds on Monday yeah. but yeah uh, we will be watching all the midweek Yeah it's a really nice little Liverpool. Monday yeah. Monday
2: group of games that's a
0: double Monday I can I will tell you what I will have picks on both of those games that is a that is a take it to the bank guarantee I will have picks on both of those games for next week um, and until next time you.